today we've come to what is hopefully to you by now some very familiar territory. We're coming to this magisterial epistle to the Hebrews. And uh, Hebrews is an incredible letter, as we've been seeing uh, on Sunday mornings this school year, that delves deeply into the Old Testament, helps us to understand how to interpret it, and in the main shows how the new covenant in Christ is better in every way than the old covenant through Moses. The letter was apparently written to Jews, as we've seen time and time again, who had converted to Christianity, but because of intense persecution coming in various forms, were being tempted to leave Christ and return to their former life in Judaism. You can imagine the pressure they probably felt by their family, their neighbors, their former rabbis and religious leaders, as well as pagans who opposed and persecuted Christians. It was hard enough being a Christian, being a Jew in the Roman Empire, it's even harder being a Christian in the Roman Empire. So in the midst of all this, the writer of the letter to the Hebrews, whose identity to us is unknown, though some have speculated it's Paul or Luke or Barnabas or Apollos, we don't know. Um, whoever the author is writes these beleaguered and, and tempted Christians <clears throat> to remind them that Christ is better in every way than the Judaism that they had left. Judaism, after all, was always pointing forward to its true fulfillment in Christ. There is more depth in this letter than we could ever uh, bring out in these short devotionals. Uh, I hope you're helped by them, and I hope you'll read and, and think carefully about each chapter of Hebrews as we come to them. And I'll also say, if you want to think more deeply and more in depth about uh, each of these chapters, you can see our other podcasts of our teaching through this letter on Sunday mornings. But let's just consider uh, some of the message of this first chapter. First of all, from the very beginning, this letter is dedicated to showing the superiority of Jesus Christ to everything that has come before um, or since. The, the very first verses illustrate this. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, and through whom also he created the world. Well, the people to whom this letter was written surely revered Moses, since they had been brought up faithfully in Judaism, but surely they knew that even Moses, in Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 and 18, even Moses promised that another greater prophet was to come, whose fulfillment came in Jesus. God spoke many things through the various prophets that he had raised up, but now his final revelation has come through Jesus Christ. God has given his final word through him, and all the salvation foretold and promised by the former prophets has now become a, a reality in him. The rest of the letter will be dedicated to unfolding this truth, and it's fascinating and exciting to see. Well, secondly and finally, just from this first chapter, the, the first chapter begins not only by showing the superiority of what Jesus has done, but first and foremost, the superiority of who he is. He will spend a great deal of time later in the letter showing how Jesus is greater than Moses, how the sacrifice that Jesus has made is greater than the sacrifices offered by the Mosaic priests, the Levitical, Levitical priests standing daily in the temple, and on and on. But he begins the letter by showing that Jesus is greater than all things. For, after all, he is God himself come in human flesh. This is one of the 
clearest messages of this first chapter. Just as soon as the author has declared Jesus to be the final revelation of God, he declares that Jesus is the one through whom also he created the world. The creation of the world, creation of the universe, is indisputably the realm of God alone. That's Genesis 1.1. Therefore, in the very next verse, the author affirms that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and that he now sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. When you look at Jesus, you see God, for he is God. In fact, a few verses later in verse 8, he quotes from the Old Testament. He quotes Psalm 45, verses 6 and 7, and he applies what that psalm says. He, he applies it to Jesus. And notice he says in verse 8, But of the Son, of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. He says that of the Son. And again, of the Son, he applies the designation, O God. So in this first chapter, the author exalts Jesus to the highest place uh, to deity itself. From that position, he is worthy of our continued worship and discipleship. Just a couple of thoughts from Hebrews chapter 1.